0: Hello and welcome back to my podcast. This is your podcaster Sally N. and in your beloved series, did you believe season two and it is the episode finale before I take a long ass break because I need one and also because I'm super tired. so I'm gonna need a little bit of a shut time. But after this little episode, I will probably crank up some things a little bit new on the CDs. And you will see about that. Other than that, I will see you in January. After this episode, of course. <laughs> I will not be long, I promise. Probably a month. Now. <laughs> In today's podcast, I shall be talking about 10 bloody wars and intrigues from the Platymaic Kingdom and the Platymaic Dynasty. Now, if you don't know what the Kingdom is, it's actually a very interesting part of the history. And it is bookend because its rise and fall were bookmarked and benched. By the death of two of the most famous figures in history that have been known for yada 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 years, which are whom are let's be much more correct Alexander the Great and Cleopatra. Now the Ptolemies, they were very protective of their lineage and they were Greek rulers, rulers in Egypt that's what Plotomy is Plotomy mean actually. Now, of course, they often married their siblings to maintain the bloodline. There was very little, little, um, I'm gonna say, external marriages, because if you were married by someone else that is not from your own bloodline, you would be exiled or even executed. But anyway, and they were not actually shy about using betrayals and assassinations to gain power, as you will see in this podcast that most dangers that come and go and go to a plotomy person especially to a plotomy ruler it would be most of the cases another plotomy itself and we shall see that in the fact number nine and below but with the fact number 10, I shall be introducing you the rise of the dynasty. Now, of course, after the death of Alexander the Great, uh, the, let's say that the event have plunged the ancient world into chaos as many of his generals fought for power in a series of conflicts that lasted for almost half a century, which is 50 years. And they were known as the Wars of Diarchod, of Diadochi, which is in the Greek world, a Greek word for successors, (laughs) sorry. Now prior to this, there was one general that was known, Perdikas, that came closer than anyone to gaining control over the empire of the deceased king. Now there were two camps of course, that wanted, that one wanted to rule, to be granted to Alexander's half-brother, Arihadius, and while well, the other one thought that it should be born it should be given to well the line to his unborn child by Roxana, the future Alexander IV. Now in the end the two were named joint kings just like Troika in I think it was in the fifties after Stalin's death while Perdiccas served as a regent of the empire and commander of the army. Now, this was a ploy for Perdiccas to consolidate his power. He began orchestrating the deaths of his opponents in 323 BC. Come on. Oh, God. When your laptop goes off. When you're actually making a podcast. (laughs) Anyway, in 300 BC... The generals who supported him were named Trapas, to various parts of the empire at the patrician of Babylon. Ptolemy I Soter was given Egypt, his governorship didn't last long though, but he first arranged the arrest and execution of Cleomedes, a powerful, a powerful official who was in Alexandria, to serve Perdica's interest. Then he stole Alexander's body to be buried in Egypt instead of the tomb prepared in Macedonia. Perdiccas considered that as an act of war, and he tried to invade Egypt but failed to cross the Nile and lost thousands of men. He was assassinated by his own officers in 2120 BC. But some historians contend. My computer, my computer is so annoying. Seriously, dude. Seriously, seriously, Asus? why are you doing that to me? <laughs> Some historians contend that, that Plotomy could have claimed the regency of the empire for himself at this point, but he chose to start his own dynasty in Egypt. Like, why? That's the question I'm asking. Like, what and why? Mm. Anyway, now like I said in the beginning of this podcast, that there is a lot of execution and exile and blah da da da, and the fact number nine. Now I'll be talking about that. Fact number nine is three intrigues an execution and exile. Hmm. Now Plotomy the First was followed by his son, Plotomy II, Philadelphius. Philadelphia. What did I almost say? Philadelphia. <laughs> it's not relevant whatsoever. Oh god. <laughs> but it was his daughter, Arsinoe II, who proved to be apt at intrigue and ruthless enough to seize power. The true extent of her influence is debated by historians, but every court she arrived at... Seemed to have someone quickly lose power in her favor. Now, Plotimede II strengthened his rule through two diplomatic weddings with Lysimachus, king of Thrace, and another of Alexander's Diadochi. Circa 299 BC, Lysimachus married Plotomy's sister, Arisonia the second, while the pharaoh wed the Tracinian daughter, also known as Arsinoe. What? Eh. Why do they have the same name? But this is what I'm... Wear- well, not worried, but confused. Eh. Anyway, let's go... Let's get on with it. Uh, The Ptolemaic the Arsinoe gave like, Lismachus Three sons, but none of them was positioned for the throne, as the king already had a son, called or should I say named Agathocles. However, the heir' appearance, apparent, was convicted of treason. Around two hundred and eighty-two BC, and executed. Ugh. Historians claim that this was the arc, the work, the art. Why did I say the art? It's not an art, having an execution and something like that. I don't know why I see that as an art. I'm such a weird person. <laughs> it was the work of Arsinoe to secure the kingship for her sons? This made certain cities in Asia Minor revolt against. Lysimachus, the king tried to quell the rebellion, but was killed in battle. Arsinoe then married her half-brother, Plotomy Sirones, oh who wanted to strengthen his claim to the kingdoms of Thrace and Macedonia. She may have plotted against him, but the queen's plan failed, and Sirones killed two of her sons. Now, eventually, Arsinoe made her way back to Egypt. The Taracenian Arsinoe, who was her brother's wife, was soon exiled for planning to murder the king again. Rumors appeared that the accusations were the work of the pharaoh's sister. Soon after that, she married her brother and became queen of Egypt. As much as... I As much as I like history, I hate incest. I don't mean insect. I said incest, and I know what I mean. I hate that, and it makes my tummy to be all queasy. No, all... ugh! Yikes! Like, why? Why would you bury your own sister? <laughs> like, don't you have? Ugh. Like and you had to have Oh god. And you had to have sex with her and have kids. And uh, My but body's shivering. Yikes. Okay. Well, let's go with fact number eight. Oh god. This is gonna be a long podcast. <sighs> with fact number eight. A purge of the Plotomies. Now the Plotomic Egypt is generally considered to have reached its peak during the rule of Ptolemy the third oh boy Eugier gets following his triumphs in the third Syrian war conservatively conversely his son and heir Ptolemy the fourth Philopater was described by historians as a weak ruler who was easily controlled by his associates as long as they indulged, as long as they indulged, his vices. His reign marks the beginning of the decline of the Ptolemaic dynasty. Now, oh God, the Ptolemy four became king in of Egypt in the twenty one, twenty two one hundred. I don't know if you get that. Uh, it's two hundred and twenty one. BC, when he was around 23 or 24 years old, and he dedic- and he dedicated himself to a life of debauchery, while the admission- administration of the kingdom was mainly handed by his chief minister, Sosibius. <coughs> Why did it sound like a sausage? Why are these names so weird? History? Why did you give me those names? I do not know. Couldn't you give him, I don't know, the name of Kevin, the name of David, I don't know, why was it gonna be Sausybius, it seems so saucy, yeah, it seems so, so saucy. Mm. (laughs) The Greek historian Plobius, Polybius, Named the minister as the instigator behind the deaths of several of the young pharaoh's relatives, they included Plotomy's mother, Berenice II, as well as his brother Madas, and his uncle Lysimachus. Like his grandfather, the IV married his sister, Arsinoe III, she met her the Mies soon after Plotomy's death in 204 BC, of course. This was done by Sosibius and another official called Agath- Agathol kill to ensure that they would become Russians until Plotomy V came of age. Now... Ugh. Why do their coins profiles look so ugly? Nah. yuck. Yeah. At least ours was a little bit handsome. At least Massinesa was a little bit handsome. I'll be honest. He was. Anyway, uh, fact number seven: anything for power. Many of the members of the Platamye family showed themselves as capable of ruthlessness and cruelty to ascend. To power, but few and any outdid Plotomy the eighth now, like I said earlier, the Plotomy dynasty and the Plotomy kingdom, Plotomy kingdom is that the only dinner that you can have is probably your cousin, like another Plotomy person, and well, it is a little bit uh, weird. To be married by your own sister or by your own cousin. And. Sorry. That was all the guesses of me thinking of having sex. As if uh, trying to imagine how would it be, how awkward it would be to have sex with the own person and the only person who has your own blood. And also, they are plotting to kill you at any second. Not only it's gross, it's pokey as fuck. Ugh Ugh. Okay, like I said, he had a decades long fight for the throne with his older brother, obviously, Plotomy the fifth the sixth. Come on why is this laptop always ah! Darn it God damn it Well let me go back to the actual podcast now the ruthlessness has never been beaten out or outdid Plotomy the eighth and he had a decades-long fight for the throne with his older brother Plotomy the sixth philometer oh boy in 145 bc the elder Plotomy died on a campaign and his sister wife cleopatra ii wanted her young son Ptolemy the 7th Neos Philopater to rule now the detail of the details of his reign are a bone of contention among historians as some aren't sure that he even became king at all but if he did rule it would be short-lived now of course due to the lack of support Cleopatra had to marry Ptolemy the 8th and rule jointly. Now once Neos Philopather was disposed, his uncle had him executed Executed. Once he was in power, Physcon renamed himself Plotomy Eurythis after his honor after his honored ancestor. He married his niece, Cleopatra III, and while still married to her martyr. Oh God. Oh God, what did I just read? Oh Oh, no. No. Oh, God. Oh, God. It's the third wheel. Oh, God. What did I just read? (laughs) Oh, my God. It's so scary. Oh, God. I wish I had a bucket here for me to vomit. Oh, God. Oh, God. He literally married his niece. Which... Which is okay. But while well, he was still married to his to her mother, and her mother is actually his brother's ex, so... Uh... Ow. That's my soul leaving my body. Oh my god. <laughs> oh, oh god, oh god, oh god. Um, in 131 BC, the elder Kru Petra managed to stage a rebellion in Gasplotomy, who left Alexandria with Cleopatra III, they stayed in exile in Cyprus for four years, during which Cleopatra II served as a regent into her son Plotomy Memphis Memphites came of age. This never happened though, as Plotomy Physcon was reunited with his son and had him murdered. Then he cut off the boys' head, hands and legs and had him had them delivered to Alexandria. On Cleopatra's birthday. Oh god. Oh god. Ugh. Despite these squabbles, Ptolemy and Cleopatra eventually had a public reconciliation and ruled jointly alongside Cleopatra III until Fiscon's death in 116 BC. I. Okay, I'm. I'm over this. Uh, Oh, boy. Now, in fact, number six, I hope that it is a little bit um, nicer. Oh, God. Uh, Violent ends for violent people. Now, I do know a saying from a series, from my favorite series, What's World. Violent ends for violent delights. This is something I do not. But certainly a black eye for the three hundred year rule of Plotomaic family was brief but violent reign. On Plotomy the Ninth, Alexander Second. He took the throne in eighteen eighteen BC, succeeding his father, Plotomy Oh that's Plotomy the Eleventh, sorry. The th- Alexander I. He also married his father's wife, oh boy the third, who was also his cousin, oh god, uh, before the marriage there was a brief window where Berenice ruled alone and managed to undear herself to the people of Egypt. However, her new husband, stepson, cousin, oh god, these are so many adjectives, oh boy, didn't like her. Less than three weeks after getting married, the eleventh had his wife assassinated. This severely angered the people of Alexandria, and a mob stormed the palace and killed the young pharaoh in the gymnasium. Well, you do deserve it, you asshole. Gee. Why would you kill your wife? Stepmother. Cousin. Why would you do that? Why? And she was very endeared by her people. You should have at least left her. Exile her, maybe, not kill her, jeez. Yuck. Now that we are halfway through the podcast, oh boy. Ah, finally. Ah, at least some grossness is off. Oof. I mean, I I do understand that they wanted to leave their lineage and their bloodline pure, but... Still, when you have someone who, well, fucks your stepsister. Your mother and your cousin at the same time is not really that much of a nice thing, so anyway yeah <laughs> fact number five Rome intervenes finally, finally, Rome Geez. <laughs> Platomy the Twelfth Arth- of Alethus ascended to the throne, in eighteen b c by this time Egypt was a client of Rome and had to pay a substantial tribute which resulted in heavy taxes on the Egyptian people. His popularity reached an all-time low in the 58 BC, when the Romans took over Cyprus and his brother King Plotomy of Cyprus killed himself. Oh God, jeez. The people who wanted Plotomy to either demand Cyprus back or denounce Rome. He was unwilling to do either, and the rebellion forced him out of Egypt. He went to Rome, where he stayed with Pompeii. While in Rome, there was a talk in the Senate of going into Egypt and restoring Plotimus to the throne. At one point, a delegation of a hundred Egyptians led by philosopher Dio of Alexandria formed a state to state Their case for the Roman Senate, they intended to present their complaints against Plotomy. However, the exiled pharaoh used his money and Pompey's connection to ensure that, that no envoy would make it. According to Cassius Dio, most of the messengers were assassinated, including Dio of Alexandria, and those who survived were bribed. Oh boy, all that gag, all that gag is now sorting me out, oh god. (laughs) Ploymy might have succeeded in dealing with one problem though, through murder. But there was a divine issue which could not be solved with violence. As they were known to do in times of crisis, the leaders of Rome consulted with the oracles, of course. This specifically turned to a collection of prophecies known as Sibylline books. Now, if you have heard of, well, if you have watched uh, the book, not the book, the movie 300 and the 300 saga, you would know that there is actually sort of a virgin woman who is sort of a vessel to their gods. Which is called an oracle. And she was blindfolded and she was pretty. She was divinely beautiful. And divinely trained to receive the God's consultation. Or the God's answer for anything that they do. For anything that they want to do. Especially in times of crisis. Let's say like in Sparta. Like in the, like in the movie of 300. He actually, the king actually consulted the oracle before going to war, or before going into a crisis, which was actually having the Persian, uh, having the Persian invasion into it. So that's kind of cool, and it was actually a badass movie. I'll be honest, which is something that they do, and I think it is still. I do not know if this is for sure, but I have to look it up, and I'll tell you. Well, when I'm come be- when I'm coming back. So, yeah, (laughs) to the sibling books. Now, according to Cassius Dio, they said, If the king of Egypt come requesting any aid, refuse him not, not friendship, nor yet succour him with any great force, else you shall have both toils and dangers. Yikes. Now in back number, number four. In fact, number four. Wait, why did I just say? What did I just mumble? In fact, number four, the Marsh Gabinus. Gabinus. Even though I used to have my hamster, my first hamster I used to have the name of Juradus because it was a, an officer, a military officer here in Algeria. Roman one to be precise. Now, of course, the oracle of prophecies made the Roman Senate deny Plotomy's military support, but in the end it was greed which triumphs over the godly resolution. It was Pompey again who sent one of his generals Aulus Gabinius, to invade Egypt. He didn't have Senate approval, but Pompey was powerful enough to avoid consequences. Now, during Ptolemy's exile, his daughter Berenice IV ruled Egypt and she tried to secure an alliance by marrying Seleucus of Syria. He turned out to be less influential than expected and Berenice had him killed and married Archelaus. Oh boy. Now, her new husband died when Gavinus conquered Alexandria and he instated Ptolemy and left him. A Roman legion to protect him from future rebellions. They were known as the Gabiniani. Oh boy. Back to the throne, Platymy put his daughter to death. Why? She was the one who saved your ass, dude. Geez, mean. Oh boy. He also killed Egypt's richest citizen to seize their fortune as he had a large debt to repay Gabinius and Pompey. Oh, okay. Now, alas, Gabinius could not enjoy his plunder for long. The people of Rome were outraged at his defiance of the Sibylline verses and the Senate. He was arrested when he returned. The most serious charge was high treason. Though the general dispiroles of influence and Bribes, the Roman general was not found guilty with... There were other lesser charges, however. Cassius Deo claimed that Gabinius got too confident to stingy with his bribe purse as he was found guilty. He was exiled and his property was confiscated. What? I mean, I'll be honest, that is something that is very common, even here in Algeria. Yeah, anyway, let's go back to fact number eight number eight oh god <laughs> no number three we're almost done i promise 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 promise. sorry guys now it is the murder of pompey now in 52 bc plotomy the 12th named his daughter cleopatra the seventh Philopater as his conjurant that would be the famous cleopatra he wanted her to rule Egypt together with her brother, Platymy XIII, Theos, Philopater. However, the young pharaoh wanted to rule alone, although he was actually under the heavy influence of the influence Eunuch, Pantheus, his regent. Together, in 48 B.C., they disposed Cleopatra. Both would be rulers, wanted Roman support, but Rome had its own problem to worry about. By this point, Julius Caesar, we know who that is. Had started the civil war that would end the republic. He had just earned a decisive victory over Pompey at the Battle of Pharsalus. For- 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 yeah, Pharsalus. For- Pompey went to Egypt expecting support and refuge from Ptolemy the Thirteenth, as he had once provided the pharaoh's father, Ptolemy. However, preferred to ingratiate himself with Caesar. He sent men to greet Pompey under the guise of friendship, but they stabbed him, decapitated him, and threw his body in the water. As far as he committed the deed, Pultar's names with two Gambinians, a former tribune named Celsius Septimius, oh, oh boy, and centurion named Salvius, alongside Egyptian commander Achilles, Oh, I know this name. The plan backfired as Caesar was disgusted when presented with the head of Pompey and was set to burst into tears when he received the seal ring of his former friend turned rival. Oh boy. Mumba. Now let's go with fact number two and we're almost done. I promise. I promise, guys. Oh god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry I turned it so long. Uh, sorry. This is my last podcast, let me just enjoy it, okay? <sighs> the War of the Ptolemies. Whether the assassination of Pompey influenced Caesar is hard to say, but he decided to support Cleopatra. However, he led the troops to stage open war. Therefore, he barricaded himself in Alexandria in 47 BC as Ptolemy's forces led by Achilles, Let's siege to the city. <clears throat> Another child of Ptolemy 12th, Arsinoe fourth, got involved in the war as she also had a claim to the throne. She sided with her brother Ptolemy 13th, but had Achilles put to death and replaced with her tutor, Ganymedes. Eventually, Caesar received Reinforcement by his allies. Whew, this is gonna be a hard name. Oh God. <laughs> Mitradets. Oh boy. Of Pergamum. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh God. Thank God these are names I will actually know only for once in my life. Yeah. He was victorious against his rivals at the battle at the Battle of the Nile in forty-seven BC. Ptolemy thirteen drowned in the river at the age of 15 while his sister Arsinoe was first marched through Rome as a prisoner and then banished to the temple of Artemis in Ephesus. She was later executed in the insistence of Cleopatra. Oh god. Why so many deaths? Why? Couldn't you just live all together? Oh yeah, right, I remember. I don't know what's in the power. Now, with fact number one, and we're almost done. Ugh, thank God. Oh God, the end of the dynasty, after a lot of fucking and killing. Yeah, great. Finally, Cleopatra regained the throne of Egypt, but Caesar made her rule jointly with another brother. Oh, jeez. Ptolemy the Fourteenth. Their marriage was brief. In March, forty-four BC. Julius Caesar was assassinated in Rome. Two months later, me XIV died in Egypt. And th- by several historians, such as Julius Dio and Josephus, claimed that he was poisoned by Cleopatra herself. But if she did kill him, it was so that Cleopatra could position her son as pharaoh. And he was... Ptolemy XV, Philopator... Philomator Caesar, oh boy. Oh god. Better known as Caesarian. And if that makes it any easier, seriously? As was obvious from his name, Cleopatra was hailing him as the son of Julius Caesar. With the Roman leader dead, the Egyptian queen took on Mark Anthony as her new lover. Anthony was part of the political alliance with the Octavian and Marcus Lepidus, who governed, which governed. Rome. The alliance was also known as the Second Triumvirate. Oh boy, I had to speak Italian. I think I have to learn Italian after this thing. Oh god. So many names and so many weird pronunciations. Oh god. Sorry if I. Sorry for anyone who is Italian and I misspoke or I mispronounce the name. I'm sorry for that. I'm sorry, I had. Sorry, guys. In 34 BC, Mark Anthony inset. Enacted, the donations of Alexandria, he bestowed, bestowed, lands and titles upon Cleopatra's children, which included three of his, of his own. By that point, oh boy, crucially though, he acknowledged Caesarion as the legitimate heir of Julius Caesar. This didn't sit well with the Romans, who felt that Antony had abandoned them in favor of Egypt. Furthermore, Caesarion, being considered an heir, made him a target for Octavian, who was, to Julius Caesar, adopted son. War broke between Antony and Octavian. The latter won. Following his victory at the Battle of Actius, Actium, oh boy, Actium and subsequent siege of Alexandria, Antony and Cleopatra. Obstensibly committed suicide while Caesarion was put to death on Octavian's orders. Egypt was annexed and became a province of the Roman Empire. Octavian remained himself Augustus Caesar and became the first Roman Emperor. Thus, the story ended of Mark Antony and Cleopatra and the rule of the Plotinus Egypt. Ah, <laughs> <sighs> oh, finally. Oh, God. But, let's... The moral about this is that, well, first of all, don't marry your sister. Second of all, don't fuck her mother. Third of all, don't kill her dad or her brother. And fourth, let's be honest. This is history. It's already fucked up. But, it was already fucked up. And the moral of this, the real moral of this is that... You should... And we should live in peace as much as we can, but at the same time, we should use our brains much more than our rage and our greed. Because if that happens, which is already happening, a lot of the things that we see now do happen probably much more frequently. I know that the human nature is about to survive, not about to thrive, but about to survive and to live out. so I do give this episode away to a tribute to the history that that what she gave us, but also to I don't know if you have heard of this or not about also the people who died in the belgian christmas market about a few days ago like, i'm so sorry to the people who have been traumatized by the event and i feel so sorry for the people who have lost probably their children their sons their husbands or their lovers or even their friend um, And I hope that those who have survived, they wouldn't um, be as traumatized as they would, and live out to be a better person. And I hope that the person who have done this would be captured, and if not tormented, well not tormented like Achilles and Octavian did to their enemies, but... um, that they would probably own a sort of a morale to live out and to pay what they did wrong to everyone else. Thank you so much for listening and being. Um, anyway, I hope I thank you so much for Listening, like I said, and for being here. If you like this, give it an applause. Be here, always. I will not be doing this podcast every day because I'm not gonna be capable of it. But I shall be posting almost two two times a week to three times a week. Once I get it done and over, I will post you in. The debut of the season 3. Now I thank you so much for listening and being here. This is your podcast, Salian. In your beloved series, Did You Believe. Thank you so much, guys. <smack> have a nice holiday. Have a nice Christmas. Have a nice Hanukkah. Have a nice... May the force be with you. And have a nice weekend. See you later. Bye.